0: Hello and welcome to Pods Podcast. My name is Dr. Bola Sogadi. I'm a women's health specialist and the host of this public education podcast called Pods, a feature of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. As we kick off season three of CocoPods Podcast, we continue our mission of educating women, their healthcare providers, stakeholders, and policymakers. We will continue to look at maternal morbidity and mortality issues, that is, issues relating to women becoming very ill or dying from pregnancy-related causes. Looking at these issues from a local and a global perspective, and also looking at all items of women's health. We also plan to incorporate top news stories from reputable sources such as the American College of OBGYN, ACOG's Today's Headlines. ACOG's Today's Headlines is a digest of women's health news selected from thousands of sources by the editors of Bulletin Healthcare. CocoPods Pods podcast, and ACOG do not endorse the views of any articles or advertisements that appear in this digest. So for reasons women get very sick or die related to pregnancy events, we ask what is the recent news this year? So according to statistics from the World Health Organization in February of this year, every day in 2020, Almost 800 women died from preventable causes related to pregnancy and childbirth. A maternal death occurred almost every two minutes in 2020. Between the year 2000 and 2020, the maternal mortality ratio, that is the number of maternal deaths per 100,000 live births, dropped by 34% worldwide, and care by skilled health professionals before, during, and after childbirth can save the lives of women and newborns. So we ask the question, where exactly do these maternal deaths occur? We believe God indeed determines the appointed times and the exact places we should live and also gives us all compassionate hearts such that we can impact the world such that where a woman lives shouldn't dictate whether she lives or dies from pregnancy-related issues. Almost 95% of the world's maternal deaths occurred in low- and lower-middle-income countries in 2020. This is data estimates by the WHO, UNICEF, UNFPA, World Bank Group, and the United Nations Population Division. So, more than half of the maternal deaths each year occur in just nine countries of the world. Sub-Saharan Africa and Southern Asia accounted for around 87% of the estimated global maternal deaths in 2020. And sub Saharan Africa alone accounted for around 70% of these. In the Netherlands, almost no women died from maternal complications. The high number of maternal deaths in some areas of the world reflects inequalities in access to quality health services and highlights the gap between the rich and the poor. The maternal mortality rate in low-income countries in 2020 was 430 versus 12 in high-income countries, except in the United States, where it was 24 per 100,000 live births. And this rate is more than two times the rate in most other high-income countries. But for United States Black women the rate is almost three times. In 2020, nine countries were placed on very high alert for maternal mortality. And the countries included Yemen, Somalia, South Sudan, the Syrian Arab Republic, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Central African Republic, Chad, Sudan, and Afghanistan. Sudan had a rate of 1,223 women dying from pregnancy-related complications in 2020. So what is a woman's lifetime risk of maternal death? A woman's lifetime risk of maternal death is the probability that a 15-year-old woman will eventually die from a maternal cause. In high-income countries, This rate is one woman per 5,300 versus in low-income countries, it's one woman in every 49. Why do women die relating to pregnancy? Women die as a result of complications during and following pregnancy and childbirth. Most of these complications develop during pregnancy and most are preventable or treatable. Other complications may exist before pregnancy, but are worsened during pregnancy, especially if not managed as part of the woman's care. Globally, the major complications that account for nearly three quarters of all maternal deaths are, number one, severe bleeding, mostly after childbirth, and especially a cause in developing countries. Number two, infections usually after childbirth. Number three, high blood pressure during pregnancy, leading to conditions of preeclampsia and eclampsia. Number four, other complications from delivery. And number five, unsafe abortion. So when we talk about other complications or underlying issues, we mean things like mental health, the leading underlying causes of pregnancy-related death from a U.S. A United States study of a maternal mortality review committee released in September of 2022 include, number one, mental health conditions as a leading underlying cause of maternal uh, pregnancy-related death. And the mental conditions included deaths due to suicide, overdose, poisoning related to substance use disorder. This was 23%. Excessive bleeding hemorrhage was 14%. Cardiac and coronary conditions relating to the heart was 13%. Infection was 9%. Thrombotic embolism, a type of blood clot, was 9%. Cardiomyopathy, a disease of the heart muscle, was 9%. And hypertensive disorders of pregnancy relating to high blood pressure was 7%. The underlying cause of death varied by the woman's race and ethnicity. Cardiac and coronary conditions were the leading underlying cause of pregnancy-related deaths amongst non-Hispanic black people. Mental health conditions were the leading underlying cause for Hispanic and non-Hispanic white people. And hemorrhage was the leading underlying cause for non-Hispanic Asian people. American Indian or Alaska Native women are also disproportionately impacted by pregnancy-related deaths. Everyone can prevent pregnancy-related deaths. More than half, that is 53 percent, of pregnancy related deaths happened between seven days to one year after delivery. So it is critical For all healthcare professionals to ask whether their patient is pregnant or has been pregnant in the last year to inform diagnosis and treatment options. Healthcare systems, communities, families, and other support systems need to be aware of the serious pregnancy-related complications that can happen during and after pregnancy listen to the concern of women who are pregnant and have been pregnant during the last year and help them get the care they need. So how can women's lives be saved? From rural America to a remote corner of Nigeria, we want to continue to bridge the distance between pregnant women and the healthcare they need. According to the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC in America, four in every five pregnancy-related deaths in the U.S. are preventable. So to avoid maternal deaths is important, it is vital to prevent unintended pregnancies in the first place. So number one, preach about abstinence. It has a lot of benefits. Number two, All women, including adolescents, need access to contraception and to all the education that goes with making its use successful. Number three, whether we accept this or not, abortion is going on in the world. It's happening. And to avoid maternal deaths, we cannot turn a blind eye if, after exhausting all other options... A woman feels abortion is the way to go. Safe abortion services to the full extent of the law and quality post-abortion care will be needed to prevent deaths in women. Again, most maternal deaths are preventable. Preventable because the healthcare solutions to prevent or manage complications are well known. So, when a pregnancy eventually happens, all women need access to a high quality care in pregnancy and during and after childbirth. Maternal health and newborn health are closely linked. It is particularly important that all births are attended by skilled health professionals as timely and knowledgeable management and treatment can make the difference between life and death for the woman as well as for her newborn. Severe bleeding after birth can kill even a healthy woman within hours if she is unattended. Skilled health professionals attending births should be trained to recognize all the conditions that could make a woman bleed that may not be responsive to just only medications. Infection after childbirth can be eliminated if sterile techniques and good hygiene is practiced and if early signs of infection are quickly recognized and treated in a timely manner. Early signs of infection in and around pregnancy include A rise in the woman's woman's body temperature, her heart rate, and and her breathing. The woman may feel unwell, have chills, and flu-type symptoms, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. We have to make a special mention of preeclampsia. Preeclampsia should be detected and appropriately managed before the onset of convulsions in a condition called eclampsia and before the onset of other life-threatening complications like a stroke in a young woman. preeclampsia is a serious blood pressure condition that develops during pregnancy. Administering drugs such as magnesium sulfate for pre-eclampsia can lower a woman's risk of developing eclampsia. Again, care by skilled health professionals before, during, and after childbirth can save the lives of women and newborn. But then we ask, why do women not get the care they need? Poor women in remote areas anywhere in the world are the least likely to receive adequate care. This is especially true for regions with relatively low numbers of skilled Healthcare providers such as sub Saharan Africa and Southern Asia. The latest available data suggests that in most high income and upper middle income countries, a high percentage of all births benefit from the presence of a trained midwife, doctor, or nurse. However, only a low percentage in low income and middle income countries are assisted by such skilled health personnel. Factors that prevent women from receiving or seeking care during pregnancy and childbirth include number one, health system failures that translate to poor quality of care, including disrespect, mistreatment, and abuse. Insufficient numbers of and inadequately trained health workers, shortages of essential medical supplies, and the poor accountability of health systems. There's also the social determinants, including income, access to education, race, and ethnicity that put some subpopulations at greater risk. There's also the issue of harmful gender norms and inequalities that result in a low prioritization of the rights of women and girls, including their right to safe, quality, and affordable sexual and reproductive health services. And finally, there are external factors contributing to instability and health system fragility, such as climate and humanitarian crises. To improve maternal health, barriers that limit access to quality maternal health services must be identified and addressed at both health system and societal levels. So we ask, what was the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on maternal mortality? The COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 may have contributed to the lack of progress in maternal mortality reductions, but does not represent the full explanation. The level of maternal mortality during the COVID-19 pandemic may have been impacted by two mechanisms. Number one, deaths where the woman died due to the interaction between her pregnant state and COVID-19, known as indirect obstetric deaths, or number two, deaths where pregnancy complications were not prevented or managed due to disruption of of health services. A robust global assessment of the impact of COVID-19 on maternal mortality is not possible from the data currently available because only around 20% of countries and, and territories have thus far reported data on their maternal mortality levels in 2020. And the high income and relatively smaller populations are overrepresented in this group. So there are implications for generalizability of these findings. So we move to what are some of the goals that we are looking at. We talk about the sustainable development goals and maternal mortality. So in the context of this, countries have united together behind the target to accelerate the decline of maternal mortality by the year 2030. So the goal includes a very ambitious target, reducing the global maternal mortality rate to less than 70 per 100,000 births, with no country having a maternal mortality rate of more than twice the global rate. So the global maternal mortality rate in 2020 was 223 per 100,000 live births. Achieving a global maternal mortality rate below 70 by the year 2030 will require an annual rate reduction of about 11%, a rate that has rarely been achieved at the national level. However, scientific and medical knowledge are available to prevent most maternal deaths. So with seven years of this goal remaining, now is the time to intensify coordinated efforts and to mobilize and reinvigorate global, regional, national, and community level commitments to end preventable maternal mortality. So what is the World Health Organization's response? Improving maternal health is one of WHO's key priorities. WHO works to contribute to the reduction of maternal mortality by increasing research evidence, providing evidence-based clinical and programmatic guidance, setting global standards, and providing technical support to member states on developing and implementing effective policies and programs. We hope to discuss this in detail in a future CocoaPods podcast episode.
1: Panda, panda.
0: topic of top news. In March of this year, the American College of OBGYN hosted the second annual Betsy, Lucy, and Anaka Memorial Lecture. Who are these people? In the 1840s, Betsy, Lucy, and Anaka, three enslaved Black women in Montgomery County, Alabama, were subjected to inhumane and painful experimentation at the hands of Dr. J. Marion Sims, S-I-M-S. While they are often forgotten, Sims is fondly remembered as the father of modern gynecology because of the surgical advancement he developed through the many abuses he perpetrated. Betsy, Lucy, and Anaka's harrowing experiences have helped raise awareness about racism in medicine and the mistreatment of people of color in the medical system that still goes on today and which has often been overlooked throughout history. By recognizing Betsy, Lucy, and Anaka each year, we uplift the contributions they were forced to make. We learn from the history of racism in obstetrics and gynecology, and remember why it's critical that we continue to work towards providing more inclusive, respectful, and culturally informed care. This year's lecture by the American of OBGYN supporting colleagues of COLOR discusses practical tips for combating racism and burnout. And as a live discussion included panelists that share their experiences as healthcare professionals. It includes considering what it means to be a supportive and anti-racist colleague and provides tools and strategies for combating racism and burnout. My name is Dr. Bola Sogade. This is Coco Pods Public Education Podcast. Please join us to listen to every episode of Season 3 that airs every Thursday. Thank you.